35 years is a long time to stick with something. And this year, the folks at Tomahawk Track are celebrating their 35th anniversary, which is so weird to think that 35 years ago, somebody bounced on the very first Tumble Track. And I don't know about you guys, but it's hard to remember a time where there wasn't a Tumble Track in basically every single gym. My favorite thing about Tumble Track is they're constantly coming out with new products that show that they've really got their finger on the pulse of the changes in gymnastics, the progressions in gymnastics, and really what athletes and coaches need to progress safely. But now they've taken it a step further. Along with offering a long list of high quality equipment, Tumble Track really believes in supporting coaches and athletes with accessible education. So coming up this year, Tumble Track's hosting five live educational events. They've partnered with some of the most dynamic, experienced coaches in their field to bring you these hour-long webinars. And guess what? They're free. Make sure you're following them on social media and sign up for their newsletter so that you are in the know on all the things happening with Tumble Track. You can also visit them at tumbletrack.com. That's T-U-M-B-L-T-R-A-K.com. Something that has been like my biggest eye-opener is that gymnastics and performing and just doing the sport is so precious and it's just so amazing and it's taught me so much gratitude and just loving the sport. I'm even getting emotional right now. (laughs) Hello and welcome to What Makes You Think, the show that flips the traditional interview format, showing you some different sides to some of your favorite figures in gymnastics. I'm your host, Nicole Langevin, and the interview I'm bringing you today was recorded on March 8th, 2023, and it is with the iconic Rebecca Bean Ripley. I am here with Rebecca Bean Ripley. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. I'm excited too. And just for you guys listening, so Rebecca's email says Rebecca Bean. Your handles are Rebecca Bean, but then there's Rebecca Ripley sometimes on the rosters. And now I just asked you before we started, what are we using? And you told me that you can't let go of Bean. That's your. I that's your, can't. Um, <laughs> it's my maiden name, but like Bean's my identity. Like all growing up, I just went by Bean. So kind of what we're going by still. <laughs> Why wouldn't you? That's awesome. I got that's a like lucky the cute last name. name. Yeah, you did. It's like a cute nickname you'd give somebody because they're so cute and sweet. And then you're like, no, I really am. So I love that you're owning it. So so you are here today for a snippet of something that we might do later on. So we are doing a mini-sode, which where we kind of just jump on in, tackle one, maybe two areas. But after doing a little bit of research and also an email that you sent me yesterday, I realized that we could absolutely fill over an hour (laughs) of content with things to talk about. So I hope you guys enjoyed this quick snippet, but I think that this full episode is going to be really, really interesting. So we'll get that going maybe after season. That sounds great to me. (laughs) All right. So Rebecca, pink elephant in the room, this floor routine, we're just going to jump on in. (laughs) Other things we're going to talk about, we're going to jump right into the floor routine. So I want to know from you, is this a statement piece or are we thinking too hard and this is strictly art and supposed to be light and funny oh man that's a kind of a hard question um honestly statement piece I feel like it's not done like a lot of routines don't usually have a theme so bold and I've done routines before that haven't had a theme that's had like super cool music but this was very different for me but definitely something that I've always wanted to do I've always wanted you know I've always loved performing. I love the spotlight. I've always wanted something that turns heads and make people talk. So this was like super fun to create. 
And so when you're saying statement piece, what is the statement? Oh, I was just meaning that it's like bold and it's out there. Gotcha. <laughs> so I gotcha. guess with that question, it's just silly. <laughs> it's just fun. <laughs> so talk to me about how the creation of this started because you you are already a self-proclaimed artist. It sounds like this is not new for you to be doing something that that is that eye, eye opening and head turning. But yeah. this one is not your typical college routine. This is not even your typical gymnastics routine. So talk <laughs> to me, where did the idea come from? And, and then I wanna just hear about the choreography process and how much involvement you had in that. Yeah, totally. So I actually was doing a totally different routine. I had picked out some like cool hip hop beats, cool music like that. And I was with one of my friends who, she's not a gymnast, but she's one of my best friends. And she was like, my favorite routines are the ones with a the theme. I was like, yeah, well, I already started this one. I don't really have a theme of any kind. And she kind of thought for a second, she said, you should do Barbie. And I sat on it for a second and I was like, oh my gosh, I think I could really do that. I feel like, you know, I've got blonde hair, the blue eyes. I, I got a bubbly personality. I thought I could pull it off. And so I took it to my floor and vault coach Brogan and I just kind of asked her the idea. I was nervous because at this time I was injured. And so I was a little nervous to be embarrassed of like, hey, I'm not really doing anything, but can we do this super cool, awesome routine? And but anyway, she loved the idea. She got super excited about it and it made me even more passionate about it. And, you know, we kind of just went from there. So who did the choreography? It was both me and Brogan. So we kind of both did like our own brainstorming. We watched like, mm -hmm. I've watched a lot of YouTube videos on like how to move robotically and like things like that. And then we kind of came together and meshed our ideas mm -hmm. and just kind of like fine tuned it throughout months. Honestly, it was great. <laughs> Wow. So is this one of those routines that is kind of evolving throughout the season? Like if we were to compare the first time you competed to the last time you competed, are we going to see a difference? Um, you will see a difference. It's not a big difference. There's just been a little tweaks, like a couple moves that I'm like, oh, I don't really love how I look in that pose and we'll tweak it, but not very many tweaks like that. All right. So yeah, the robotic movement is what got me because there's people that I've definitely seen try to do like the like the ragdoll coming to life and, and all of that. And it's like, it's a cool idea, but it's not totally hitting the mark. Yours is like ready for the stage. I mean, it is, <laughs> you're legit doing it. So what kind of training did you do for that? Did you really just watch videos and figure it out? That's pretty much it. Honestly, another reason I knew that I could pull off Barbie is because I've always been known to be a very like quick twitch and very fast gymnast already. Mm -hmm. And so those types of movements were already pretty natural for me. But yeah, just watched a lot of YouTube and stood in front of our mirror and tried moving around. You're nailing it. So did you expect it to be this much of a hit as far as people talking about it? Did you expect that? Well, I definitely didn't expect it to get this big. That was always like a hope, you know, because mm -hmm. I love performing and I love that. And you know, there was a girl on our team earlier, Shannon, who her routine went viral. And I was always like, man, I wish I could do something like that. And so all my coaches and teammates said like, hey, this is going to go viral. And I was like, no, whatever. But when it did, I was pleasantly surprised. Nice. So how do you think that has affected the visibility of the BYU gymnastics team or has it? Um, I think it's gotten some more fans in there. I don't know if that's because of me, but I have noticed that we've had a lot of fans and you know, it's been really cute. There's been people like holding Barbie signs and wearing pink sunglasses. So that's been really, honestly, heartwarming and really oh, cute. Amazing. <laughs> amazing. 
when, what are your plans after college, first of all? Yeah, so I'm an advertising major and I'm trying to get a job as an art director at an advertising agency right now. That's kind of the plan. I'm trying to get a big girl job and, you know, move on. It's going to be really, really sad to be done with gymnastics. It's going to be heartbreaking, but that's the plan is to get a job and go from there. Well, could you like do us all a favor and maybe just keep your <laughs> hand in it as far as possibly choreography or just helping with showmanship because you've got such a gift for it. I mean, this is, again, this is not you trying to do a certain style. This is yeah. you mastering a certain style Aww. to the point where it's like, wait a second, is that really a human at the beginning? I mean, <laughs> killing it. So oh do you gosh. have any desire to keep your, keep your hand in it in that sense and keep a, maybe that showmanship contribution? Oh, 1000% gymnastics and like dancing and performing. It has my heart. I don't know exactly how I'm going to continue to do that, but I definitely will, whether that's coaching, choreographing, dancing, I don't know, but I will most definitely be staying in it. Nice. I love it too much. <laughs> <laughs> so when you were younger as a gymnast and when we do your full episode, we'll dive into this a little bit more, <laughs> but did you always have that creative artistic side to you? Yeah, I've always had just creativity flowing, I guess. <laughs> but mm -hmm. throughout gymnastics and, you know, I would always draw and paint at home, but it always came out in other areas of my life too. Me and my friends, we would, you know, put on shows for my parents and for our friends. We would have like, I think we would set some mats out in front of our front lawn and we would hand out flyers for people to come watch our dance performance. <laughs> and just always little things like that. It was always really fun. And I always loved performing. Floor has always been one of my favorite events. Anytime that I would go perform, even at a younger age, my coach would be like, go give them a show. And I'd be like, okay, you got it. <laughs> I loved it. And so, you know, with the routine that you're doing right now, like I said at the beginning, this is not typically what you would see in, in college. And so that, that takes also a level of confidence and bravery to say, <laughs> I'm willing to go out there and do something that people are not expecting. And maybe yeah. they're not going to like, let's be honest, whenever yeah. you do something bold and different, they might not like it. So did you experience any negative responses to this routine? Luckily, no. I was honestly, the most thing that I was nervous about was teammates, just because the time that I was choreographing and even practicing it, I was totally injured, like knee injury. I was like, oh man, I don't want people to like make fun of me. Like I'm not going to like them thinking that I won't be able to do it, but you know, that's just dumb inside thoughts in my head. I knew that it wasn't that big a deal. And I just kind of kept pushing forward with that, but it was definitely yeah. scary. And, but anyways, it was fun. <laughs> So would you say that, that injury was possibly even a blessing in disguise of giving you the time to really explore this? Um, yeah, honestly, all aspects of the injuries that I've had have been blessings in disguise. Like I think everything happens for a reason. And I think that's one of them. Yeah, I had a lot of time to think about it, to choreograph, to, you know, have fun with it. It took my mind off of the injury too and kept me passionate about gymnastics and moving forward. So yeah, I would say definitely. Yeah. So where are you now, health wise? Health-wise, I'm feeling awesome, knock on wood. <laughs> okay. Yeah, my, my knees feel great. It's been a long time since my last surgery, and body's feeling good. We're headed to the end of our season now, which is crazy, but yeah, I'm feeling great. Okay, good. So you kind of alluded earlier that you've had a lot of experience with injuries or multiple experiences with injuries, and I want to know, what is your ultimate lesson learned from all of this if you were going to 
let's say to talk to a younger group of gymnasts are frustrated or, or nervous about injuries, what would you say to them? Oh my gosh. It's almost summertime. And that means precision camps are right around the corner. Now, told you guys before, we used to do like six or seven. This year we were doing two full training camps and one mini camp. So check this out, June 26th to the 29th, we will be at Roots Gymnastics in Westfield, Mass. And on July 14th to the 17th, we will be at Orange County Sports Center in Goshen, New York. And September 22nd to the 24th is a mini camp at A2 Gym and Cheer in Salem, New Hampshire. Why do you need to know about this? Because if you're a coach, you get so much incredible coaches education for absolutely free. Just bring some athletes with you. Not only will you get drills to break down high-level skills so you can start them early, you'll also get information on injury prevention, mental toughness, judging insight, artistry training, nutrition information, and team building. Yeah, it's a lot, and it's awesome. Now, in addition to our training camps, we are also holding competitive edge workshops that will start in the fall. Right now, the one I want to tell you guys about is October 21st to the 22nd at Tongue River Twisters in Wyoming. This is open to all competitive levels, just like our camps. Day one is spent focusing on non-value part deductions, which are really those nitty gritty deductions that separate the good scores from the great scores. We focus on footwork, posture, body line, rhythm and tempo on beam, artistry, showmanship, emoting, all that fun stuff for an entire day. The next day, athletes and coaches work with judges who will not only provide routine feedback, but also suggestions for improvement. And athletes will have the ability to implement those corrections right in front of the judges that day. All athletes will leave with videos of the judges' feedback, and we've got some other surprises too. So stop using mock meets and in-house meets before season to get your athletes ready. Bring in the competitive edge workshop. You don't need scores, you need feedback. And that's exactly what you'll get. If you're interested in attending or hosting a precision event of your own, shoot an email to precisionchoreo at gmail.com. This show is brought to you by Creatively Disruptive, the marketing team behind your team. And if you are a club owner or a gymnastics industry professional, I encourage you to join their group, the Gymnastics Business and Marketing Group. There's so much free advice straight from the pros, and you'll meet an entire community of like-minded professionals. So check out the Gymnastics Business and Marketing Group on Facebook, and check out Creatively Disruptive at creativelydisruptive.com. If you were going to let's say to talk to a younger group of gymnasts are frustrated or, or nervous about injuries, what would you say to them? Oh my gosh. Something that has been like my biggest eye opener is that gymnastics and performing and just doing the sport is so precious and it's just so amazing. And it's taught me so much gratitude and just loving the sport. I'm even getting emotional right now. <laughs> good, that's a good thing. Yeah, it's not just, everybody has so something special. to get emotional about. <laughs> Thank you. Um, but yeah, it's just something that you have to just love and take gratitude for. And just every second that you're doing it, just appreciate it and love it. Because I definitely took, took it for granted, like all growing up and just competing. It was just so fun and it was just amazing. But you know, when I've been injured and I've just missed it and I've just longed to do gymnastics, it's been so hard and so getting to do it again, like this season has just been, I, I've cried almost every competition because I'm like, I'm just so happy to be here. Like I've missed it. And that's just one thing I've learned is 
gratitude and just being grateful for my body and for the sport and for all the opportunities I've had. Thank you for <laughs> sharing that. But it's true, you know, people that actually did gymnastics and really not necessarily even at the highest level, but if you're, you know, you're sticking to it your entire school career, yeah. understand that feeling. I think, totally. you know, when you dedicate yourself to something that's so hard to do and get yeah. even <laughs> decent at it, you look back and go, wow, that's pretty amazing compared to the run of the mill person who's doing any other sport. And so, yeah, and totally. I, I personally understand I had to stop in sophomore year for like a year. And I was at that point of like, kind of, I don't know, this is, you know, 20 something hours a week and I'm missing out yeah. on this and that. And then to be able to go back and have that gratitude. I completely understand that. And I hope that all gymnasts out there can look at that now, kind of have that, have that hindsight now, like what you're doing is not normal. And that's a really yeah. great thing. <laughs> and it's just amazing. It's so fun. I just love it so much. And you had mentioned in your email to me about your injury recovery process. Do you want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah, I mean, there's, like you said, a lot to uncover. <laughs> but the gist of it is that it was really hard and there was like so many of it so for I don't know if you know but I've had three knee surgeries just while I've been in college and just each one was super hard in different ways the first surgery I had I tore my ACL for the first time after the first half of my freshman season so I had already been competing and then I tore my ACL and that one was super weird because I've, I've never experienced it before so everything was new and I just remember being like, oh, I'm fine. Like my optimism is my superpower. And I was like, oh, I'm going to be fine. Like I'll compete. Like I'll be just fine by next week. And it was funny. My knee actually, there was no swelling, no bruising, no pain for two weeks, but there was a full tear. And so that injury was hard to find out like, hey, your season's over. But like this was new. And I was like, okay, you know what? It's a year recovery. I'm going to be fine by next year. We're going to be good. Uh, coming into the next year, that was just bad timing because I tore it in February and that's the middle of our season. So by the time I was fully recovered, we were already halfway through our season. And ultimately I just didn't get enough skills in my routines ready to compete. And then I ended up tearing my ACL again that following summer. And wow, that was after over a year and a half already since that first one. And that second ACL tear was so much harder mentally I just remember feeling the same pop in my knee and being like, oh, oh, I have to do it all over again. And it was much more of like a mental struggle. And I knew that like how hard the first time was and that I had to do everything again. And the second time you tear it is usually a much longer recovery than the first time. And so it was definitely like a, just like a heartbreaking moment. And so mm -hmm. that was a lot harder, you know, going back to gymnastics to be able to trust your body again, like this has already happened twice. What's going to stop it from happening again? And eventually I, you know, made it into the next season and it was really hard because um, I was only fully recovered by about end of November, December, and our season starts in January. So I worked my way into the season again, like halfway through. And I mm -hmm. finally got to exhibition, the Barbie routine actually. And I did it one time. And then the next week I was hoping to get into a lineup position and I tore my meniscus. <laughs> oh. So it's just been so like defeating. Mm -hmm. And so it was honestly a really hard decision to, well, I wouldn't say really hard. It was a decision-making process on whether to stay for this fifth year, you know, like puts your body through a lot. But ultimately I got to the point where I was like, I have nothing to lose. I've got one more year. I might as well try. 
and I'm so glad I did. Yeah, we're glad you did too. Thanks. <laughs> Got to see you. Me, yeah. And now you're not just excelling in gymnastics, you are also writing a book? Is that Kind right? of writing a book. Okay, yes. tell me about that. So I'm compiling a book. So anyways, okay. it's like a passion project, just something that I'm excited about. You know, one thing throughout this, these injury things, it's been something I've really learned is that I'm more than an athlete. And so that's the title of this book, because that's been something really hard to learn and understand, especially with athletics and a sport like gymnastics, where it takes over your entire life and it becomes your identity. When I've, when that's been taken away from me, I feel like I've lost a piece of myself and I feel mm -hmm. like my identity is like, oh my gosh, like, what am I now? Yeah. And so again, another blessing in disguise to like really figure out who I am and learn things like that. And it's been something that I want to share with other athletes and just share my story. And so I've been collecting stories from other BYU athletes who've been injured nice. and just compiling them in a book. I've photographed all of them and just working on like the finishing touches and putting it together. But it's just been a really fun journey to do it. It's been really rewarding to, you know, get to know all these athletes and learn their stories and, you know, relate mm -hmm. to them. And I imagine that's relatively therapeutic for you as well as you're definitely living it right therapeutic. now. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So what's the rest of the season look like for you? Well, so this weekend we're competing in Arizona. Next weekend is conference. Then we have an off week and then regionals. And that's, that's kind of it. And if we qualify to nationals. So yeah, we're looking towards the end of the season. And kind of like I mentioned before, all I want to do is just like enjoy it and just like remember how much I love this and just have gratitude. And that's kind of my whole focus is just love this sport because I'm going to be very sad when I'm done with it. And just to like let it all soak in. So the rest of the season, what about you? That's that's where your team's at. What about you specifically? Yeah. Do you know what your lineups are? Or is this just like a, a week by week thing? It's kind of a week by week thing. I wasn't able to compete last weekend on floor. I did compete on vault. So I'm hoping to get back into that floor lineup soon. But again, like I said, I just, I want to not focus so much on the outcomes because that's been something that has been detrimental to me is when I think so much about scores in the lineup, you know, it causes like anxiety. And so my thought process this week and for the rest of the season is just have fun. I do my best gymnastics when I'm having fun. Or when you're being a doll. <laughs> When I'm being a doll, yes, a literal <laughs> doll. <laughs> a literal doll. Last question for you. When you were on the college hunting trips, when we think of somebody who is such a showman and so into the art and the performance of things, there's certain schools that we think about. Were you gravitated to any other schools because of that specific aspect? And also what brought you to BYU specifically? You know, my gymnastics upbringing is actually different than most, I would say. I came from a small gym in St. George, and so there wasn't a lot of, there were actually no girls that had gone to college from that gym. And so the recruiting process was all super new to me, and I would say new to my coaches as well. And so that was all a learning experience. I feel like I didn't get, and my also my family's always been like huge BYU fans. So like as a little kid, I was always like, I want to be a BYU gymnast. And that's just kind of how it continued going. I went to a UAU gymnastics camp and then I got recruited from there and I kind of just went with that. I, I, you know, I sent emails to other schools, but ultimately I always wanted to go to BYU and that's, that's what happened. All right. Well, Rebecca, thank you so much for this 
quick snippet and glimpse into your life. I'm so excited to learn more about you when we do a longer version of this. Is there anything that you want to share with everyone before we head out here? Thanks for listening. Love you guys. <laughs> I feel so great. I feel so like spotlight. This is fun. <laughs> oh, don't act like the spotlight is new. You've been in the spotlight. <laughs> You're rocking it. I just love it. <laughs> well, we love watching you in it. And thank you so much. And we'll keep in touch and we'll hear more about you later on this season. Thank you so much. <laughs> All right. Okay, bye. Bye. And that's a wrap for today. Thank you so much for joining me, Rebecca. And thank you all for listening. Remember to go subscribe to the YouTube channel, youtube.com slash what makes you think podcast. So you can catch outtakes and snippets from the show and actually see what's happening. And keep your eyes out because coming soon is the What Makes You Think 100th episode. And I've got a co-host and seven returning guests. And it's just, I don't know. You'll see. <laughs> Until next week, keep thinking outside the box. Bye.